Alice Ann Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul. I am a bridge for relationships between all species so that the heart bond becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I serve in the roles of animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. In the words of the inimitable Monty Python, and now for something completely different, a message from the other group of animal beings with whom we share the planet, the flora et al., whose existence ranks first among the Earth's life forms, followed by bacteria. That's right. And I'll see if I can find the links to some photos that have non-coincidentally, of course, run across my social media pages in the past few days since Plant Themselves reached out and said, hey, let's try this on for size, for some perspective on the whole human experience thingy as it relates to reframing what is actually a common experience in energy despite the differences in form. And while the dictionary may perceive that the thought process of plant, tree, and the like aren't in the same group, defined as animal, due to their thought processes, I would hardly beg to differ, having spoken to tree and plant a time or 65. (laughs) I think in general, regarding the form follows function perspective that is true for all physical forms on Earth, the energy contained in those forms may also differ of course, and how it is translated in order to serve the function of the being inside the form. So if the form of, say, plant and tree is to illustrate how it is possible to be perceived as being immobile in form with their system of roots and all, I would also submit that their function is the very essence of a quote by Rumi, wherever you are, be the soul of that place. Certainly, I think their form serves all of us with the physical function of releasing oxygen back into the atmosphere for the rest of us to breathe, of being both home and food to many species, of cleansing the very soil in which they live, and helping to regulate the water cycle on Earth and others. There are several links in the podcast notes that you all can explore on your own for all of this information. So the definition of animal, according to the human animal, our dictionary, is this. Any of a kingdom, and in parentheses, animalia, of living things, including many-celled organisms, and often many of the single-celled ones, such as protozoan, that typically differ from plants in having cells without cellulose walls, in lacking chlorophyll and the capacity for photosynthesis, in requiring more complex food materials, such as proteins, in being organized to a greater degree of complexity, and in having the capacity for spontaneous movement and rapid motor responses to stimulation. And just now I'm feeling willow tree brush against my shoulder and say something along the lines of, quote, don't weep for me. We in our chlorophylled green-eyed state are completely free from jealousy about all others and think that humans doth protesteth too much about where we rank. Do they, 
meaning we, humans, have the collective awareness of the largest living organism on Earth, the Pando Aspen Grove in Utah. Quoting from the article, Spread across 106 acres in south-central Utah, the Pando Aspen Grove resembles a forest, but is actually a single organism, get this, with more than 47,000 genetically identical aspen stems connected at the root. Pando is the largest tree by weight and land mass. Research suggests that Pando has been regenerating for 9,000 years, making it one of the oldest organisms on Earth. Willow continues, While the human animal prizes their individual status as being the most important in their experience, with collective awareness remaining a distant hope, we would rather look completely identical to each other, knowing that underneath each new unique growth sprouting from the genesis of the whole simply means that another soul has joined our numbers as we rejoice in our continued service to those around us. And you know, I just got to say, who knew that Weeping Willow would have such fierce energy? (laughs) We know how tree and plant have various kinds of root systems, and just like Pando, they can be connected with each other as any home gardener can attest, (laughs) myself included, when wanting to repot plants whose roots have interspersed with each other. Once more, in the case of form follows function, what purpose does all of this entanglement serve other than to vex us when we worry about cutting off too many roots or not enough before going up one pot size? German forester Peter Volleben dubbed this network the Wood Wide Web, as it is through the mycelium that trees communicate, the mycelium being the fungus that wraps around the root system and carries information from one plant to another and from one tree to another. The web itself is called the mycorrhizal network and supports all of the beings around it as well as ensures the survival of its own form so that it can continue to serve others. There is a really cool photo on the National Forest Foundation website link in the podcast notes that shows an itty-bitty baby pine sapling sitting on top of, by comparison, a massive underground network. When I saw it, and again, non-coincidentally, in putting together notes for this podcast, I was reminded of all the photos I've seen of the bronchioles of our lungs and, as well, the branches of our nervous system. That then took me to the graphics I've seen of the network of rivers in North America and how those branches mirror our same respiratory and circulatory systems in our bodies. And that's the very cool thing about life on this planet, right? Everything mostly mirrors everything else as far as support for the physical form goes. Again, form follows function for all earthlings because the common thread is the energy that runs through all forms whose functions celebrate a wide diversity and yet whose forms pretty much have an established pattern of supportive systems which supports the overall axiom put forth by the animals of balance and partnership within unified duality. And I think because we have overarching relationships with each other, say of predator and prey, and associated structures that creates a really unique and quite frankly diabolical design on this planet. I mean, really, would you have designed this place for you to live out a lifetime or several? 
honestly, I got to say, I'm really glad I'm not in charge of this whole shebang. And I think the animals, plants, and trees agree with me. I'm hearing from Redwood, quote, You can only imagine the flow of thoughts and patterns of behavior I've seen from your species on this planet. You'd be shocked, quite frankly, at how you keep going round and round in a spiral, which isn't bad, but you get so close to being in the center with all the rest of us, only to throw a spanner in and it gets us all discombobulated. The energetic fingerprint of Redwood is, as you might imagine, stately, slightly acerbic, and also holding space in such a magnanimous way as to make it so very easy to get to the center of things after all. And you know, the title of this podcast is a bit misleading because I don't want any of you all to go down the path like you might have already with a power plant, air quotes, like with power animals. As I've said before, in truth, All of the animals want to work with you, and as I've also said, it's best if you follow their lead. The same thing goes for plant and tree, and heck, we'll throw flower in as well because they just poke their heads up, which of course is funny, right? Every single other species is absolutely delighted when you ask, what is your message for me when you encounter them? Stop looking for a meaning that some other human has told you must be there. That's the other human's interpretation, and you will absolutely have your own based on the vibration you were in at that moment. There isn't any kind of rubber stamping or, well, you're good to go, the floor of the planet are saying. Quote, you have a fairly limited view of our lives, and we know everything about you. Why wouldn't you want to make it as easy on yourself as possible? Why wouldn't you want to have a life as strong as the trunk of tree and as varied as the life of leaf on that tree and as beautiful and soft as the petals on flowers that that you so admire? Why are you so averse to making your function more like ours and having your forms realign themselves to that function? Who do you think you are calling yourselves the only species that can think and feel? And even though we've gotten a little bit off track, you all know how this goes. If the energy comes in as their ambassador, I will always let them have their say. And they're calming down a bit because their voice has been translated by mine for you. So, what kind of plant would you be? I started with this question just last week as I was feeling a bit frustrated with my journey in this body in this lifetime. And while I was feeling this frustration, plant came in to say, what kind of plant would you be? It's such a cool question, and immediately my curiosity was piqued. Would I grow in an arid climate or a tropical forest one, or maybe something in between? Would I have flowers? How big would I be? What kind of leaves would I have? And most importantly, what would my physical needs be? And this is what I arrived at for me. I would need a fair amount of water and be allowed to dry out between waterings. I would need bright, indirect light and misting every other day or so. I would be tallish with no flowers, and my leaves would be brilliantly colored with lots of variety in those colors. The leaves would also be pointed with a bit of a very small sticker at the end. (laughs) No rounded edges for me. I would likely need to be repotted every six months or so and would also not have many dormant periods because of how curious I am and how much I love learning about the earth and her beings. And here's the thing. 
When you pose this question to yourself this coming week, hopefully, it's important to note that every single kind of plant that we have on earth is meant to be here. So no cacti shaming and no orchid shaming either. There may be more than one plant or tree that comes in for you, and it's probably good to ask, what kind of tree would I be as well? Because these beings are so intensely grounded to the earth, there's so much goodness that can come from stepping outside of the human experience framework for just a bit to play and see what kind of magic comes through for you as a welcome respite for where you are now. And at least that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, X-Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer, and be sure to subscribe. This has been the Animals Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.